mentality wise and you know they're going with them to every ball there. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Welcome to episode four of Come On Kind with myself and Onya Fahey. And Onya's a bit away from the microphone on that one, but you're welcome anyway, Onya. We are here in a different setting here in the KCLR studios this evening in the boardroom as the renovations take hold uh, as we are shifted about a little bit, but we're still going to have plenty of chat and kind about last weekend's uh, games, I suppose, upcoming games that's coming on and maybe a little bit of a controversial topic as well with the new merger that's on the cards for the GAA Congress for next uh, next month, I think it is, as well. So we might have a chat about that a little bit later on. But Anya, first of all, uh, games over the weekend, weather was absolutely crap. So it was. I know I was in Dublin uh, at a, a match. Um, it was Dublin and Galway. Um, yeah, Galway a bit one-sided in that one. Dublin, their first touch was really, really poor, I have to say, for uh, a team that was coming in. They were doing an awful lot of hand-passing as well, but Galway ran out winners in it. Didn't help matters that Dublin had a player sent off then as well. But uh, Galway going very well in that group. Uh, two played, two wins, top of the table. The next one to them is... Uh, or sorry, Tipperary, actually, two wins um, out of two games. Galway coming second in that group then. So there's a group of games down down versus Galway and Offaly versus Dublin that's in group one uh, at the weekend in the National League so how do you see those games coming along first? Yeah I suppose you know just to reiterate what you said there the weather was absolutely atrocious all weekend and we have seen a lot of games that had to be postponed you know due to the weather on both Saturday and Sunday and you know two pitches being waterlogged and all, and all that going on and I suppose you know there there is a there is has been a week there that has been left for games to be played you know due to these these circumstances and I'm sure due to covid as well um but I suppose just going on some of the games there as well yeah Galway looked to be very very impressive um at the moment but I think Tipperary are just really impressive like I think you know their whole setup this year and the amount of new players that they're after breeding into the scene this year is it's really exciting to see for them and you know Tipperary have been kind of you know threatening there for the last couple of years especially breaking into potentially the top four in the country now at this stage so it'll be very interesting to see you know how that game will go between Galway and Tipperary I'd imagine that'll be the probably the last game of the group and it'll probably come down to um, a top of the table clash you can't really go by go against Galway this weekend either like you know they are all Ireland champions for a reason they're slowly but surely coasting along you know major new sponsorship deal as well for them so they're going to be one to hitting the um, hitting the um, the league uh, coming out as favourites and trying to win that as well yeah I'm just in a small little bit you're cutting in and out with the, the new one that we have here this evening um, it's hard to fathom over the weekend as well that Offaly had to give up home advantage mm-hmm. to go and play Tipperary in Tipperary no field available at all in Offaly um, it was almost the same in Dublin that Dublin almost had to give up home advantage to Dublin I mean the weather we know it was atrocious but it's hard to fathom and we'll touch on this a little bit later on as well that in two of the big counties at the weekend I mean I know there were so many GAA matches postponed but it's hard to believe that Offaly couldn't find a home venue to play a game of Camogie against Limer- or Tipperary that had to be shifted 
and Dublin pulled out DIT Grange Gorman uh, at the last second as well in fairness to them they gave the pitch because I think they're doing a bit of maintenance work on it in the next couple of weeks but that was the only pitch was available in Dublin as well Yeah like it's crazy when you think about it I suppose with all the teams across the country and you know I suppose there probably wasn't as, there wasn't as a lot of hurling games going on this weekend so it was predominantly going to be maybe football and well probably not a lot a whole lot of football only the, some of the inter-county games um, and for two counties not to be able to have you know any ground throughout the whole county the mind boggles it really does I can't understand it you know we touched on it earlier on the club match and we'll probably talk about it in a while as well but like the fact that a county cannot get any pitch at all I don't care if the pitch is in the middle of nowhere and you have to go down you know bog roads there has to be a pitch available like an inter-county team should not be giving up home venue for any sort of a game be it a challenge match or a league match or a championship match it should not be happening it's to me it's not fair and it's a bit of a disgrace um, that no club would put their hand up and um, I'm sure every club in Offaly at some stage has has a player involved with the Offaly team and how they weren't able to um, to give to give a pitch like even if it was an Astro pitch it wouldn't have made a difference but I just think it's so wrong that they, they had to give up home venue as well. Yeah I don't know the situation in Offaly and uh, Tipperary I know I was talking to Carl O'Brien the new Dublin chairman up there and even Brendan Cooper who's now the Leinster secretary we were just having a chat even before the game and like Dublin has a big county there's lots of clubs up there um, the game was originally supposed to be in Abbottstown that was shifted out of Abbottstown because one of the intermediate club semi-finals was then going ahead that was then put on the AstroTurf in Abbottstown um, and they wouldn't leave any of the matches go ahead on the grass fields from what I can gather so that put it out of it and there was seemingly no other pitch available because I suppose with the weather was in it clubs were just fearful maybe of the condition the pitch was going to be left in after uh, whatever kind of a game it is and I mean inter-county camogie players as light as some of them are in torrents of rain and I mean Grange Gormand did cut up in fairness uh, a little bit over the weekend as well clubs are just fearful that they're going to be having to cost more of trying to get a pitch back together again if they leave any kind of a match go ahead and I totally get that and I completely respect the decision that the clubs do have to make and I understand that but there had to have been somewhere in Dublin like Dublin is a massive county the amount of clubs now, they did get one in fairness Dublin, yeah. yeah but like still to, which was a last minute the last job, minute yeah. one like there should have been like, and this goes to beg to different I know Lil spoke about it earlier on why haven't they why don't they have a plan B in place the day before like you know realistically if there's a match being organised for this weekend the home county should have at least two pitches organised just in case and even just have a backup of a third one so that they know the day before that they can contact the team the day before and say oh um, John Locks is unplayable we're going to Freshford or Freshford is unplayable so we're now going to Tullerone at least there is an option there and I don't I think that's where I think that's where we're starting to fall behind in the Camogie Association like we're not we're not ready we don't have these plans in place and this is this is causing a lot of trouble and a lot of hardship for teams and clubs trying travelling up and down the country trying to get pitches I suppose it was the same for Leash like the mm-hmm. original game in Leash was supposed to be in O'More Park was then shifted out to the backfield in the centre of excellence which was supposed to be a better field than O'More Park was and then I see it was after being changed then to Haywood to the Astro turf in the, the school in Balnakil there as well and I can't remember who Leash was supposed to play but like that was three changes yeah. I, I mean it's very hard for teams even to travel and then to try and organise alright albeit it's within the one county but I mean timings are still different mm-hmm. it was the same when we were going down to play Clare like in the minor a couple minor. of weeks ago like the venue was changed at last minute no it was just 
they were trying to find a venue fair play to clear they did but it upsets the timings then of your warm up you know your preparation and yep. the whole lot and as you say in this day and age like all of them should be sorted really before you even go and try to get into a bus or go and travel to a venue it certainly is like and you're dead right it does throw off everything and it throws off the girls like you know they're in a routine like you know majority of players know an hour before throwing they they have their specific routine be it that they go into a dress room and they listen to their music or they have their banana or they have their, their protein shake or whatever the case may be and they know like the hour and a half two hours before the match that they need to be having their light meal or they go for their walk around or the puck around and for things to be happening like that at such last minute it does throw them off and you know for some players that might really really get to them mentally like they're mentally trying to prepare for a match and then have somebody something thrown in there that's is out of their control. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they've done everything they can to get themselves prepped and ready for a 2pm throw-in to be told at quarter to two, oh, right, the match has to go to half three or whatever the case may be. You know, I do think I do think it's something that we seriously need to look at. And, you know, you know, we can see, we can sit here and we can, you know, discuss it and criticise it. But, you know, do we have the answers either? Probably not. But I do think... I do think we need to start looking at the basics, like have a plan B, have a plan C in operation, ready to go in case something like this happens. Like it's not as if Ireland has, you know, sunny weather, you know, 365 days a year. We are prone to storms and we are prone to showers. So there should be a backup. And even like, even if it means having to go on an AstroTurf, I know certain teams you know, they mightn't like an AstroTurf, but, you know, if it means getting the games played, it does. And I must say, Haywood um, School out there have been very facilitating towards um, the Leinster Colleges. You know, a lot of the games have been played out in Haywood. You know, so there is there is pitches around and there is schools around. And it probably is the majority of schools, I would say, that have maybe um, AstroTurf facilities. You know, so they are very obliging to it. So why not, when the weather is so crap, why not have a backup of an AstroTurf in place so at least then the games are getting played and they're not getting pushed back and girls are kept in their routine as well I suppose it all depends too on the counties like mm-hmm. maybe counties wouldn't have a, a backup for an AstroTurf mm-hmm. I mean I see the game between the GA football game was at Limerick and Louth uh, at the weekend was changed to the UL campus on the AstroTurf because the Gaelic grounds in Limerick was unplayable yeah. um, You, t- I mean you take it in our own county here yeah. We have no AstroTurf pitch, like, oh, even if anything was going wrong to yeah. play. And we'd it's all probably have to go down to WIT, I'd imagine. Like, that's probably the closest one. Know. Or even over to Haywood. You know, we probably do, we don't have it. We don't have the facilities in this county, which, when you think about it, it is a, it is a major shock. Like, it no, really, I, I, really is. I mean, you'd have to go around and do a. I suppose and check and see in every county and do a, a, an itinerary to see where exactly every mm. pitch is. But I mean, I'd say most counties wouldn't even have a full astroturf in places. Yeah, no, you're you're probably right in that. But I'm sure, like, there is there is a lot of places that would have the facilities that were there. That you know, for venues that aren't necessarily home or away venues, that they are like you know mid venues. This is something that the association, not just the Camogie Association, the GA as well, would have to have a look at and see, like, you know, this could be our plan C option, that if we don't get a pitch, a grass pitch available, that we can go to an all-weather pitch in whatever destination. Does Mulcoin have one? Mulcoin? Yeah. No. Does Mulcoin have an, an all-weather down there? No. no. Not, a full, okay. not a full-size pitch. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they have the, they have full lights in the whole lot down there. They have a pitch with full lights, yeah. It's the same with Pilltown. Pilltown's yeah. pitch is grass and it's mostly sand-based. Mm-hmm. I mean, you play matches in there where you wouldn't play most matches yeah, again. Exactly. But it's, it's not a full-size AstroTurf field. Like, if it did pour down and... 
you know, you had 30 or 40 mils of rain, mm. like it wouldn't really take it. No. Um, yeah, that, that match was actually an LGFA one in Leash, which is the same thing, like they have the same problems as everybody else. Um, so I suppose at the weekend then you're going for Galway against Down and the Offaly Dublin one then? Offaly Dublin, I think that's going to be tricky for both teams. Um, okay, let's be realistic. We all kind of knew that Galway were going to beat Dublin in the league game, but I thought with the amount, I suppose like kind of going from the third level colleges, I thought with the amount of players that Dublin would have had involved that they might be at maybe they might be peaking a lot sooner than a lot of the other county teams and I do think that Dublin should be pushing on against Offaly in this particular game because you know the St. Rhinus girls I would imagine are still not available for Offaly because you know they are going to be you know training for an All-Ireland club club final now at this stage Um, so you would have to fancy Dublin in that but you know Dublin's form hasn't really been great in the last year or so and that's through no fault of anybody up there but I just feel like you know, we, we they seem to be just slipping back a little further and I suppose for a county as vast and as big as Dublin, there's probably a lot higher expectations for them. Yeah, I know they were in the relegation against Waterford last mm-hmm. year. Like yeah. that was a, a ding dong battle between two teams. Like there's either one nip and tuck could have either went yeah. down or stayed up and as yeah. it happens Dublin stayed up. But and I, to be I, fair to Dublin, they do have a top class coach. Like Adrian O'Sullivan is excellent. He's absolutely brilliant in what he does. He's won four or five titles with UL. He was involved with us in 2016 when we won the Intermediate. He was involved in Tomstown to get them back to retain their county title. Like, I'm not saying it's anything got to do with their management or their coaching um, because he is a top, top class coach. Like, he's absolutely brilliant at what he does. Um, You'd have to maybe beg the question are the players buying into it you know they seem to be doing very very well in regards to colleges and things like there's so many of them that were involved with UCD DCU TUD all over the over over last weekend or you know maybe that had a lot got to do with it as well six points you know return it's not really good enough for a senior team to be fair yeah maybe they didn't have a proper yeah. training session like with all yeah. the colleges girls away in the whole we just don't know at the minute but just on form um, yeah I suppose we're looking whether that game might even go ahead with Ryan is now in mm. the um in the All-Ireland is it semi-final or final, final semi-final they last beat, weekend beat here last weekend by a, a penalty a last minute or a, I won't say a last minute yeah. penalty but yeah the, another humdinger of the game mm. um, ourselves then are in group two we have an away game to clear at the weekend that's not going to be easy uh, I suppose we're looking at the table I mean you can't get much more symmetry than what's there at the minute Kilkenny and Cork top on three points each from one game played one win plus eight different score for ourselves and Cork Clare Limerick then is in the other uh, side of it you have minus eight uh, from one win each um, Clare and Limerick will play one another or Cork and Limerick will play one another I should say um, and ourselves and Clare so run your eyes over those two games for starting with our own one first again clear yeah to be honest with you I think you know the bringing back and the reintroduction reintroduction of all the Bar Rangers players and of course for the Dixburg Earls which is going to be a massive thing for Kenya I know like some of them maybe tugged out the last day probably didn't feature because I'm sure that they had been playing with their clubs um, I just think that Kilkenny are going to like they should they should pro- not that they're going to coast it but they should come out with a victory in this one as well um, I feel like Brian and the lads are probably going to use a lot of new players and these players nearly want to show off their skills and show that they're just as good uh, just as good as what has gone before them um, so I do think definitely using the new players I think that's going to be he's definitely going to use that game before they get up against Cork because you know obviously Cork is going to be 
I think that's the big one. I think that's what everyone is kind of looking forward to as well. Uh, but I, I, I can't see Clare really posing a massive major threat for Kilkenny in that. They should, Kilkenny should become an F victory in that one anyway. Okay, so I take it we're looking at Kilkenny and Cork both winning at the weekend. So I yeah. suppose depending on the score difference then of what way it goes into it, we're looking at the top of the table clashing to see who goes through to the league final then yeah. um, in a couple of weeks after that then between Kilkenny and Cork. And there's only the one team coming out of the group which makes mm-hmm. it a bit tougher for a league final um, so I suppose the incentive is there to try and do well you know maybe mm-hmm. get to a league final before you go into the Leinster Championship and then progress then onto the all Ireland series as well as yeah. you say Brian is certainly trying new players as we saw again Limerick yeah. you know maybe he might try a couple more we see Tiffy Fitzgerald in a full back the last day will Tiffy start in at full back again again clear yeah. we don't know you it's know, hard to know and I suppose Cork are probably in the same position the fact that they have a new management team as well and you know I'm sure that they're going to be trying out a lot of new players and the fact that it actually does come down to the final game of the league it is really interesting you know to see like you know two sets of management will have probably you would imagine have looked at the bones of 20 25 26 girls throughout the first two games of the championship and I don't think either team are going to spare it when it comes to the last round and let's be realistic about it they're not going to spare it you know be it the first round but there this is actually the fact that there is potentially a place in a league final up for grabs neither of them are want to go and say that Kilkenny or Cork got the better of them in, in that situation um, and you know I suppose we have the extra addition then of um, a certain former Wexford manager <laughs> and you know a former Clare goalkeeper in the mix down in Cork as well so yeah I do think Kilkenny and Cork will be certainly they'll both need to obviously get victory this weekend I can't see why they wouldn't get victory this weekend but I do think it's going to come down to the humdinger in the last in the last game could be a sellout wherever that's going to be Well there was certainly no love lost last weekend I can tell you between Clare and Cork no. uh, which said individuals mentioned but we won't go into that uh, too much but I suppose it shows the kind of the passion that's there but yeah. still you want your counties to do well like everybody says oh it's only the league and the whole mm. lot but actually going well in the league as we've seen like I mean we didn't go that well in the league last year we just let's be honest we got over the line in games yeah. that we maybe shouldn't have got over the line and we went along then and won the league yeah. final which was a bit of a shock like probably the way we had been playing you're then going into the championship but it certainly builds momentum when you're going forward you're winning games and it gives girls confidence going in then to championship certainly does and I think it's especially important for you know, any of the new teams that have a new management team and for a lot of younger players coming up that that is the opportunity that they're going to get. They're going to be able to showcase their skill. It's all going to come through the league. And, you know, uh, thankfully, we do have the Leinster Championship thrown back into the mix as well this year. So that's going to give everybody an, an added bonus. But yeah, you're dead right. Like Kilkenny didn't go they weren't as a, as of impressive throughout the league the start of the league campaign last year still managed to win it still got some nice silverware like you know yep. they're still they, they still own the league like the, they are the league winners like and you know it's up to the Corks and the Galways and the Tipperaries to chase them down and try and take the title off them so yeah like Kilkenny you know I think that's what Brian would be kind of saying in his head as well like he'll want the girls to go out and retain their title and show their character because they obviously were bitterly disappointed after the All-Ireland semi-final last year and I think this is probably the confidence boost that they need they need to get back in there need to get back winning silverware and competing in finals as well um, 
just to give them a really good boost going into championship. Yeah, well, it certainly is. That brings us on then to the Division 2 uh, games, which we see Wexford is flying it in Group 1 at the minute. Um, Cork is coming in second, joint second there, with Meath as well in that one. So there's still a lot to play for. There's, what, there's five teams in that. There's only two games played in some. Meath only has one game played uh, against Kildare. We move along then to Group 2. And again, uh, the symmetry in this one. Like, it's unbelievable that the two groups that Kilkenny are in are actually almost identical. Uh, Kilkenny and Waterford on top with three points each after one game, both with a plus 10 scoring difference going into a top of the table clash really this weekend. Waterford hosts Kilkenny in the WIT arena on Saturday. Um, So, you know, how do you see this one going? Because Waterford is really a Division 1 team that they've only been relegated last year. They came down, they're wanting to go and get back up into the Division 1 status again for 2023. So, how do you see this one panning out? Like, to be fair, I think this is a, a game that John and the lads are really going to be relishing in and the fact that they'll be able to see what girls are actually up to the level when it comes to championship. To be fair, you know, that this is where Kilkenny need to be at. Like, you know, if these girls want to progress and play at senior level, they need to be able to, you know, be competing and, you know, physically matching a former senior, a senior team. Wexford or Washford are a senior team at the end of the day. Um, I think it is going to be do or die to be fair to Kilkenny, yeah, listen, they had a grand win against Tipperary in the opening round. By Tipperary by, were by no means in any great shape at that stage. Um, so, yeah, confidence might be up in that, but I do think they are really, I do think they're going to have to have some of their big names back for this game. Whether, you know, the fact that the seniors are playing will impede on that as well. You know, will a lot of girls maybe be, you know, playing with the seniors that they are? Will they be given back to the intermediates, you know, for this really vital important game I think they should but again that's not a call that we can make um, but I do think they will need everybody um, they will need their top players coming down against Waterford because this is going to be a massive game massive game for Kilkenny it certainly is I suppose they have the added bonus of maybe that the second team coming out of this group will get into yeah. quarter final anyway um, I mean we can see Kilkenny coming out of that group with the way things stand at the minute I mean Westmeath is the other game that we have as well not an easy game we've never had it easy when we play Westmeath whether it's the senior team has played them mm-hmm. uh, you know in championship or whether it's the intermediate you know you've been there with the intermediates yeah. the, the last couple of times we played Westmeath you know there is a change of the guard up there as well they have a new yeah. manager um, in place maybe the results didn't go their way uh, at the first day against Waterford still I mean you know a 10 point victory for Waterford does it say where Westmeath is at the minute is Waterford really pushing hard as I said earlier to try and get out of the group they're, they're going to be two tough games um, call them anyway for me the Waterford one this weekend and obviously we'll be previewing the, the Westmeath one but they're still in with a great chance they certainly are still within a great chance I do think that if you know I think the girls have obviously had like two weeks off. Um, you know, a lot of them will have played through third level. So they're going to be, you know, that kind of, that's going to be finished for them. So they have been playing at that upper level again. Um, I do think this is a chance that if you're going to catch Washford at any stage, it is going to be the early stages of the league. And I think that's where Kilkenny need to kind of, you know, take that on board. Um, they'll have to be at the top of their game. You know, girls will have to be extremely focused I would be kind of treating this as if nearly it's championship with the fact that it is a senior team you're coming up against and this is this is the mentality you need going into that game. Um, in relation to the last game, I do think that if Kilkenny can get over, if Kilkenny can get over Waterford, um, I do think that they will, they should get over Westmeath in the final game. 
I don't want to be running Westmead down. I think, you know, for the last couple of years, they have been an absolute pain in my sight. I know at intermediate level, if I'm going to be completely honest, I could just never get over them. Um, but I I do think maybe, you know, some of the stalwarts in the county maybe retiring the change of management I think it's a new era really for Westmeath Camogie like you know they'll always give 100% um, they're always they're such a difficult team to overcome but I do think just at the moment they're going through transition and I think that's where Kilkenny can really make amends for it but they need to get over Walsh for this weekend and I do think they can if they are physically and mentally prepared right this week yeah, and Antrim had a fantastic start as well uh, last weekend with their intermediate and the junior team, both teams winning as well. They're sitting pretty at the top of Group 3 there with uh, two wins from two on six points. Galway is then coming in next with uh, two games played, one win and a loss as well. So I suppose really the the teams that we're looking at at the minute is maybe Wexford and Cork Meath to come out of uh, Group 1 potentially. Um, Kakenny Waterford out group of group two, two. yeah, and um, Antrim and you'd Galway. imagine Galway to come out of that now. And saying that, Kerry, you know, they're probably finding it difficult at the moment. I suppose, like realistically, the Kerry team is the whole of Clan Morris, bar one or two other players. And with Clan Morris probably competing in, I'm sure they're competing in some stage of an All Ireland Club Championship. Should they they win Munster every year at junior level? Um, you know, they'll be kind of hoping to kind of come up, but to be honest with you, you can't see anything past Antrim. I think Antrim will probably be using this the league this year to, you know, they're up senior now from winning the Intermediate Championship last year and they're probably feeling that they shouldn't be playing at Division 2 and it's going to be a different kettle of fish when they get to Senior Championships so they probably need to make make the most out of Division 2 really They're and actually try and in win. the final Morris actually yeah. bet for Harney of... Uh, Westmead um, last weekend by was it two points it was two points I think yeah so I mean they're now in the All-Ireland Final and the All-Ireland Final is pencilled in for I can't say because there's no actually date on the All-Ireland Final here as we look at it so I mean as you say yeah I mean that could be hampering um, Kerry's chances maybe of uh, yeah. progressing a small little bit in that but it's great to see Kerry up into that division as yeah, well you know is. Antrim is there Antrim has been knocking on the door themselves and down the last couple yeah. of years you know they've been to and fro between the two of them to see who's going to come out of that division so I mean you know maybe it is Antrim's year to come out of division two yeah well they I, you know obviously they're hoping that they will be because I can't you know I think that they will compete well at senior level in championship but I don't think they are they're too far behind the Kilkenny's the Corks the Galway's and the Tipperary's at the moment to make an impression there at the moment so I think they'll be using division two to you know get their piece of silverware from this division as well but then the likes of Waterford who want to get back up you've got Kilkenny who really want to win a league title as well so you know it'll be interesting Division 2 personally to me I think is one of the hardest groups to get out of um, for every team you look at Westmead they won in All-Ireland two years ago and they're still playing at Division 2 as well so it is it's by no means a, an easy an easy grade to be competing in and you know there's some fantastic games at Camogie that are going to be played over the weekend too Yeah it's nice to win the league go up yep. into Championship and then try your best to stay at the level we see Westmead trying to do it yeah. um, with a couple of years to stay senior level mm. and you know maybe they mightn't win every game but they certainly competed I mean yeah. the shock game against Limerick a couple of years ago like yeah. had everyone talking about mm. uh, Westmead like I mean down almost pipped Waterford yeah. last year in the championship they ran him so close to it yeah. I mean you know who knows you bring Antrim into the mix I mean you take it any team from up in the north you know you always go and you play them it's the same we've been playing Antrim for the last number of years yeah. I 
and yeah. we found it very difficult. I mean, even when you go up and you play them mm-hmm. up there in their backyard, they are so hard to beat. They're so yeah. well coached. You know, if we could get the likes of Antrim staying in the championship, you know, for a couple of years, it would certainly help them out. And who knows, in mm-hmm. a couple of years' time, then what could happen? We certainly do. Like, and, you know... <laughs> Derry as well like what they need to be kind of getting back up to senior ranks too you know we're, we're looking at Schlock Neal constantly coming through into All-Ireland like I know they've gotten beaten in the last two All-Ireland club semi-finals but they have three in a row you know only in the last five years so like you know we need to see more coming from Derry Camogie as well they would have always been a, a big senior team anyway and they just I feel like it's just dwindled down through the years and you know whatever transition that they're going through as well but I do think the fact that do, they do have Schlock Neal who are who are you know said to be one of the best teams in the country and you know they're not they're still playing at intermediate and they're still playing at division two you know it's something that they need to look at as well because they should be really kind of you know forcing their way out now I know with Schlock Neal getting bet the weekend there's probably is going to be a lot of those girls that are going to be back now with Derry next week or the week after whatever the case may be so that's going to definitely give a, a massive boost to the Derry squad too Yeah we said it before we need other teams coming mm. up to compete I mean everybody is almost fed up of hearing oh you know you have your top three teams yeah. Galway, Kilkenny and Cork anytime there's games on that's always coming out Tipperary are hanging there now in the fourth spot position at the minute mm. you know I mean they have played so well in the last number of years but then realistically after that like there's still a gulf at the minute you know of people trying to catch up and catch the top four and get into the top four and I mean it's a bit like the Harlem when they were trying saying us that you know there was only a couple of teams that's going to win Lee McCarthy yeah. we need the likes of Waterford we need Derry's to come back up we need the new Antrims and the Downs coming through and try and challenge and you know bring the game to a wider audience I mean nobody wants to be seeing the same team dominate okay if you're in a county it's great yeah. you know if you're winning all Ireland girls love to be and for younger girls coming up and seeing their players above them winning it but really it's not good for the sport itself you need other teams to come up to it but that's up to the teams themselves then to try and get up to where the likes of the Corks the Kilkennys the Galways are at the minute and try and take over their spots Yeah it certainly is like you know Kilkenny had to work long and hard for you know a couple of years you know you know, they would have been at one stage considered not in the top two not in top three in the country and they had to work extremely hard and you know they are where they are and they're the team that they are now because they've worked so hard there's too much of a gap you're 100% right on that there's way too much of a gap between say the top four and then the chase and pack it's you know you could nearly say that the chase and pack could be playing at intermediate level and they'd probably get more competitive games but that's not what we want we want everybody up at senior level you know it, it's it's disappointing in a way but it is up to the counties themselves whatever they need to do if they need to pump more money into it if they whatever you know pump more development into the, the younger age group it needs to be something that they need to be looking at because you're dead right we don't want to be looking at the same teams all well and good when it's Kilkenny winning we're happy to see that but we don't want to be seeing the same four teams competing in an All-Ireland semi-final every year and it's kind of like a lucky dip they're taking turns of who's going to play who like, and that's kind of what it is gone down to um, I would say that Tipperary have made massive strides over the last couple of years they're they slowly have, closing yeah. that gap there and it's great to see and you know maybe this year it could be the year for them you know to create that shock but you know the, for the remaining teams they really need to come up like they shouldn't want to just 
be playing senior. They should be wanting to compete at senior and competing against the Kilkennys, the Corks, the Galways and the Tipperaries and that's the way they should be looking at it. Yeah, well it certainly is. Well it's going to make for an interesting league. We've no minors come up obviously uh, at the weekend. They are not out yet. There's still no draws or anything um, done yet. I suppose the other big talking point that's going to come up very shortly and while we're on about pitches and the whole lot is mm-hmm. the merger uh, that's been touted and the proposal that's been put through by the uh, the GPA and the WG GPA there um, to amalgamate the GAA, the ladies football and the Camogie into the one association. Um, I suppose first of all, I get your thoughts on us to see where you're you're thinking about a, a merger like that uh, and where it could potentially go. Before we get into the nitty gritty, <laughs> then of uh, my thoughts on it. Okay, so I suppose personally, I think I think it would be a great idea. I think it's something that we need to. I think it needs to be seriously looked at as well. And for not just the simple fact for like pitches and equality, but I do think, you know, we all play, we all play Gaelic games for the same reason. And I think like sometimes it can be, to me, it always feels like, you know, the Camogie is nearly the poor sister of the, uh, of the ladies football who are the poor sisters of the men's football or who are the poor brothers of the hurling. And that's, you know, to me, that's, I, that's how I feel about it now. Maybe the football and the hurling might be changed around there, but I think, you know, that's the way it is. I do think it will be very important. I totally get the arguments that are against it, but you know, I think a lot of maybe the issues that went over the weekend may, I'm not saying they wouldn't have occurred, but they may not have occurred if there was a merge there, like I just think the Schlock, the um, Schlock Neil and the Sarsfield teams having to travel the whole way to Gorey to play in a senior club semi final, it, it I just I can't I cannot fathom it. And I read an article there from um, Hopper McGrath, and he basically said like the sooner this merger happens, the better because he didn't think that you know it could have it would have happened if there was a merger that there has to be there has to be pitches in between that could have been used for this match. Like you're asking one team to travel over four hours and another team just to travel nearly the four hours. You know, I couldn't you could bring a team from the north and from Galway down to Wexford. No offence to Wexford, but like, come on, there had to be another pitch there somewhere. Okay, well, while equality uh, and funding and that has come down the line um, and it has been graced, it's now almost the same as what the male and the female counterparts are getting. But you take it, right? A merger is going, everybody thinks that this is going to solve an immense problem. Mm. Okay. So you take the games in Kilkenny. You're still going to have the same amount of hurling teams. You're still going to have the same amount of football teams, the bit that we do play. You're going to have LGFA games being played. There's no extra pitches. No. Everybody is using the same pitch. It's going to be the same in Dublin, the same in Derry, the same everywhere. The infrastructure is still not there in counties and I mean everybody's saying oh the sooner a merger happens and the whole lot yes a merger would be great when it comes to equality you know for players having a chance of maybe getting to surgeons physios you know the best people in this facilities might change a bit better if they could get into centre of excellence as if they're not there already but you're still going to have the same amount of games in hurling Mm -hmm. ladies football GAA, you name it. So there's nothing really going to change in that. And you're not going to say because, okay, Camogie and LGFA are now merged with the GAA. 
unless they can get a calendar together that's going to have matches at different time frames which is a big issue with the minutes anyway I even heard Pat Spillane talking about it the other night about football being played in March and Singers and Cup running on late he wants the, the football extended so only start in March go into August and then start the club teams you said the club teams that's up in arms with split season at the minute mm-hmm. that they're only getting to start their games at the end of July when the summer is nearly coming to an end so I mean why there is pros there are still a lot of cons that can happen with a merger like that the big miracle magic wand is not going to wave overnight <laughs> and fix everything by merging the LGFA and the Camogie all into the GAA and I totally get it and I'm absolutely not going to argue your points there but I do think that if they were to be honest with you I do think if they actually worked a bit better together we wouldn't have the issues that we have with the calendar season and yeah, you're probably right. There's no need for a merger to take place for them to do that. But they're not communicating with each other. We still have issues with some girls having to play a match on a Saturday and having to turn around then and play a football match on the Sunday. And, you know, these are meant to be, you know, these are the top athletes in their county and we're meant to be looking after player welfare and, you know, girls getting proper recovery. And it's still not happening. And that's a conversation that, you know, I know that they say they try to have these conversations, but they clearly don't. No, they, they, nobody, they're not no. having them. Um, and I and I do think that that would be maybe a small thing if a merger was to happen that everybody would be literally forced into a room together and to trash it out and see when the games can be played and it wouldn't be just like right the Camogie Association are in one room the um, ladies Gaelic football are in another room and then the GA are in another room they'd all have to be in the one room they'd all have to sit down and discuss you know when games can be played and the overlap of games and I think I think that would be a massive I think that would be a massive importance to a lot of people pitch wise I totally get what you're saying there's still going to be the same amount of hurling teams and hurling matches and ladies football matches and all that going ahead but I do think if there was a merger I think more GA clubs will be more inclined to give their facilities to Camogie and ladies Gaelic football than they are at the moment I'm not saying that they're not offering I just maybe think that they mightn't be as be asked and if there was a merger in place that they would be more inclined to offer their services than having girls travel on an eight, eight hour round trip yeah no, and, and I totally get that as well I mean maybe we need to look further down the line through politics mm. And, I mean, you take it, there is very few camogie teams at the minute with their own county grounds. Like, Tipperary is the very first in the whole of the country to have a camogie ground with maybe, I don't know, 20-something years potentially in the rag. Like, I mean, that's going as long as Lil was involved as county secretary, like that I can remember going back to anyway. You know, Cork then came on board they bought a field okay they only had a couple of port cabins first they have a lovely new complex that's down there now. Clare now have uh, a pitch of their own I mean there's talks of Galway is coming on board maybe to try and get somewhere Waterford LGFA is trying to get their own one because there's no LGFA that I'm aware of within the county Waterford is going to be the first ones so maybe we need to look at the infrastructure and get funding and that there maybe for counties between local authorities that might mm-hmm. have you know some waste ground or something going that could be potentially given to a county and, and develop it and you know on. let's be fair that's what Cork did build theirs on it was like that's how they got they got a pitch and it's it's a lovely pitch and it's in you know it's in a grand location it's you know it's it's nearly in the city but slightly out of the city yeah. but it's still they have a grounds that they can call their own you know so if they need to have a pitch in the morning you know, they it's can go their, and play like, there you know, yeah. it's their pitch um, I totally get what you're saying but I do think that if the merger was to happen that the finances would nearly have to be I'm not saying they're going to be split in half because let's call a space pay that's never going to happen the GA are never going to allow that but at least the Camogie 
and the LGFA, LGFA might get more finances available to make facilities like that. Like to me, Kilkenny, I think should have one by now. I know it's not as easy as just ringing up some lad down the road and asking, can we buy his land? I get that. And I understand there has to be years of work put into the, put into the prospect of having it. I understand there has to be a lot of money has to be put into it as well. But I do think that's we need to start going in that in that direction as well. But it certainly would help alleviate the problems yeah. of. I mean, everybody is not going to be able to get into a county ground. Like, no. let's be honest about it. If the GA and the Camogie are coming together, and we had the rain that was there last weekend, there is no way on earth. Nolan Park was going to be able to take two games with either a Camogie game first or a Hurling game and let's be fair if the Camogie game went on first and the pitch was then rooted up they'd be giving out about the status of the pitch then yeah. for the Hurling game afterwards yeah. so if the infrastructure was there I mean even if counties were to share mm. you know you take maybe Waterford and Kilkenny to get a, a venue together maybe they could be put in as you know uh, Wexford and you know maybe Carlow or somewhere you know Dublin Louth you know maybe ex- Expanded a small little bit that maybe counties are sharing. I know it mightn't be ideal and to try and yeah. get every county to have a venue. I mean, well, number one, you're not going to have a, a fully astroturf pitch in a county like to do yeah. it because they cost a fortune to run in the first place. You know, you have the problems then of setting up lights and then you have the maintenance on lights and the whole lot. So, I mean, there's an awful lot of work to be done yet on this merger as far as I'm concerned. It's not as simple as, yes, the GAA agreeing to take the LGFA and the Camogie on board. We're still going to have the same problems. And I get that. <laughs> and I'm still not arguing with you I on know this. That, no, no, but it's good to have a debate. <laughs> but, I do think, but I do think that if we don't, you know, get it started, it's never going to happen. By the way, I am all for a merger. Yeah. Definitely, I am for the merger. Don't get me wrong. And so am I. And I totally get the cons that are against it. Um, but I do think if we are, I do think that if we're going to come up with... I do think if there's people going to sit there at the top of a boardroom and basically trash out, you know, why they shouldn't allow the Camogie Association to come in or why the GA don't want to join with this, I don't think I don't think we're ever going to evolve and I don't think we're ever going to move on. I think they just need to, you know, take the bull by the horns and they need to work at it. And like, listen, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. They can always disband again if they wanted to. Like, but. I just think that they need to try something first and I do think it's so important for the development of Camogie and LGFA and for Hurling as well. Like, you know, there's families throughout the whole of the country who have who have kids involved in Hurling, Gaelic football, Camogie and ladies football all in the one household. And I think it's important for I think it's important for families across the country and clubs across the country that it, that, it, that we are joined together. Like to me it was great to see Paulstown their camogie and their hurling all going under the one bracket. I also thought it was great to see Dixborough only doing it there at the end, end of last, yeah, year, end of last yeah. year. I think it was phenomenal to see. And to me, to me, it kind of basically shows the respect that you know the GA club have towards the camogie club. And I think that was a massive thing. Um, you know, I, I just think. But well, let's be fair. We've been lucky within this county because I mean, there's an awful lot of camogie clubs share with the GAA clubs. Okay, not every GAA club has a camogie club. Yeah. Maybe some of them are joined together with mm-hmm. a couple of parishes, um, or whatever that way. But the goodwill is there. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's certainly evident. I mean, it may not be the same in every other county. I mean, it's definitely evident in Kilkenny. Yeah. I know the majority of places you go to Waterford, like it's probably the same there. Mm-hmm. Wexford seems to be nearly the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't speak for every county. It's just them three that I would know a bit about. Um, but like, I mean, surely to God, there could be some sort of goodwill put into. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I'm even trying to say here. Uh, 
between every organisation um, and that because let's be fair the GA are probably the top of the minutes they're working way above their their weight I mean when it comes to budgets and mm. money for sponsorship deals yep. uh, I mean I I think on the board the uh, accounts that I saw there just before uh, Christmas or maybe even came out just after Christmas that they had a surplus I think nearly 1.9 million or whatever mm. Um, after the year you know I think the sponsorship deals was up again 12 point something million yeah. Um, you know the wage bill with all the, the officers and the, the staff that's up there like is hitting for 5 million yeah. um, or something that way so mm. I mean, there, there's people that's in the know better than everybody else. But at the end of the day, it still comes down to the counties themselves then to know. Mm. And I mean, and I'm not going to, some counties might not agree to it. Other counties would agree to it. Um, but certainly there still needs to be talking done between all the counties. And I mean, if the Camogie wants the merger to happen, they're certainly going to have to get in contact with the GAA and yep. put pressure on them, I suppose, a small little bit to, to push it through and the whole lot. We certainly don't have the answers. I mean, this could go no. on for another debate, even another night and get a, a whole panel in the, the boardroom where we're sitting here at the minute and put people across the table. And, you know, you might have 10 people here and 10 different ideas and 10 different answers and we still wouldn't be any the wiser. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I do think it is important like communication is the key there and I think that's where you know sometimes as an association we may have been faulted for not being able to communicate correctly and on issues or concerns that maybe have been put out there on social media or just in general and I suppose that's where it comes down to there has to be communication in this it has to be done but I do think they need to just make a call on it I do think it's extremely important like I know in my own club in Tullerone the GA club are extremely facilitating towards mm-hmm. us like we have the, we have the back pitch there as well like you know obviously we all you know we all share the pitches like if the girls and you're we, lucky you have yeah, the two pitches like if we have an important match coming up the lads are like yeah take the main pitch we'll take the back pitch you know that's the way we work it like and I would say the majority of the clubs in the county I'd say that's the way they do it there is that respect within the clubs because a lot of clubs <laughs> a lot of people involved in the clubs they have daughters or mothers or sisters you know all involved in the teams and I think that's what it all comes back to it's a family community but and I do think like I would love to see this merger happening I do think like it would solve it would solve issues I'm not going to say it's going to solve all the issues because it's not because there's always going to be something there that needs to be resolved but I do think it would be very important I think it'd be massively important for the progression of Camogie and for ladies Gaelic football and for the GA itself as well like I think you know the GA would be probably seen in a better light not saying that they're not seen in seen in a bad light anyway but I think it would help their image as well because you know a lot of people do get out coming to an All-Ireland final and it's costing 80 or 90 euro to go into an All-Ireland final and you're wondering where that 80 or 90 euro is gone but like you know, I do think it would bode well it bode well for them as well if they did agree to this merger. But you see maybe that's where we're lacking as well well I mean communication is a great thing the following is not the best either. I mean, no. I was in Banagher a couple of weeks ago at uh, a minor shield game because I was on duty at uh, the match up there between Kerry and Armagh. There was 22 people yeah. at the game. You know, I mean, there wasn't that many that uh, travelled to Dublin the last day with Dublin and Galway. Galway are all Ireland champions, you yeah. know. I mean, you probably expect a bigger crowd mm-hmm. that was there. There wasn't. I mean, if there was 100, maybe a little over 100 people, that was about it. You go to an All-Ireland final, as you said, there is people that would pay €1,000 yep. to go and watch a hurling All-Ireland Fly final. Fly back from New York for it. No problem at all at all. Yeah. They will do it. Mm-hmm. And yet, 
we can't get over 25,000 to attend a camogie final between some of the top players within the county. So sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot as well when it comes to trying to promote ourselves and yeah. get ourselves up there. We can shout all we want about equality in the whole lot, but if people don't get out and support the women as well, all that shouting is absolutely for nothing. Absolutely, 100% agree. Like, it's, you know, it's actually devastating to see sometimes the amount of people that actually do go to the Camogie All-Ireland Finals. Like, it is. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for the guards that are actually playing out on the field as well. Like, and, you know, the week previous, you have a full stand of over 80,000 there. And, you know, then you have, you know, a mangy 25,000. And the majority of them are coming from schools and clubs who are literally, because they're getting massive numbers onto a bus to get up to Dublin. That's the only reason why some of these would be going to them. Um, you know, so I do think it's it's vitally important. I do think we do have to look at ourselves as well and the way we promote the games and the way we advertise them. Are we doing enough? You know, that's a debate for another day. You know, it, should we be kind of like pushing the boat out a bit and uh, pushing the boat out a bit and maybe trying to promote it in a different light than we have been promoting? Because like you know, the marketing of it maybe sometimes can be. I'm not going to say terrible because it's not, but it can be a bit lax. And I do think we need to kind of evolve with the world that we're, they're going to and, you know, try and maybe, you know, start looking at how the GA are promoting their games. Like, you know, you've got, you know, household names in Ireland, but, you know, very few, you know, top commodity players in the country are known. And I think that's sad to see as well. When you take the Littlewood survey that they've done and 89% yeah. of the population couldn't actually name uh, a female camogie player within their own county for yeah. some of them. Like, that's a poor lookout yeah. when you're looking for a sport to be brought in line with one of the best run near enough to build the best run sports organisations for an amateur organisation supposedly as well like mm-hmm. um, you know that's an outstanding that's a staggering statistic actually that within Kilkenny there could be a load of people that would not be able to name one camogie player and it probably does happen and I must say like we're very lucky with the bunch of girls that we have like I know for a fact like we arranged um, an Easter camp a couple of years ago out in Tullerone and Obviously, then COVID hit, so we couldn't have it the following year. And I remember texting eight or nine of those girls, and it wasn't even, they didn't even hesitate. They were like, yeah, no problem. What time do you want us out? What day do you want us out at? Like, they will come out and they will give their time to sit there and talk to young kids. And they were even, like, doing drills with them. And, you know, you know, some of the kids probably didn't really know who they were, but... You know, it's the fact that we didn't have to ask twice, we didn't have to go begging and we got an answer straight away and they all came out to it. And we're very lucky that we have a we have a bunch of girls that are willing to do that as well. Yeah, no, we have we have a great bunch of girls that'll do anything. I mean, the fellas are the very same. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we asked Tommy Welch to come into minor training or give a talk or mm-hmm. Brian Cody to come in and give a, a G up to the girls before an All-Ireland final or whatever? Yeah. You know, we all work as one. Yeah. You know, as you said before, the GAA and I won't include GAA, it's the Gaelic family. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it is. It is a family, you know. It's not GAA, it's not Camogie, it's not LGFA, it's a Gaelic family that everyone is involved in. And if you took families out of it, you know, you have absolutely nothing. No, so true. And it's the families is the backbone of an, a, an association. Um, yeah, interesting times ahead. We'll just yeah. have to wait and see uh, what happens with uh, Congress. We have no say in that whatsoever when it comes to it, but we will be waiting uh, with bated breath on it. And I know Sinead is probably going to be doing a, a little bit on it later on as well with the, the merger on the um, the sports programme that uh, goes out later on. So, yeah, uh, I think we're out the weekend anyway with uh, Claire's 
so hopefully we'll be Great. wherever that is broadcasting live and exclusive on the uh, KCLR 96 FM online and on the new KCLR app as well which is fantastic and don't forget if you like come on kind with myself and on you baiting away with a load of crap sometimes and giving all our insights into it I tell you one thing if we were rich people or if we had a magic wand we'd be great wouldn't we oh, but we'd be brilliant yeah absolutely sure we'd have all the world's problems solved there within the hour that we're solved. here yeah um, although a little bit shorter tonight now <laughs> uh, I have to say because uh, there's lots going on there's safeguarding workshops and the whole lot all have to be done um, at this time of the year which is great to get players and the whole lot back on the pitches uh, next month as well so all that has to be done but that is it from the KCLR studios here from our new setting of the boardroom here this evening hopefully we'll be back in our normal spot next week uh, <laughs> that we can get a couple of fights and maybe get a couple of people in that we can interview as well um, and hopefully it'll be a good weekend for the Kilkenny teams uh, down in Clare and down in Waterford before we go on then to the next ones but that is it from myself Martin Quilty and from Anya Fahey from the KCLR studios until next week it's goodbye from us thank you this is come on kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Oh,